0: My whole thing is this, sell your own stuff and be your own best client. Until then, you know, work for other people. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com podcast.
1: Hey everybody, it's David Allen. We're back with another edition of the Email Marketing Podcast. And we have a veteran email marketer on today, someone I've wanted to talk to for a long time. who has been on the John's show before, and his name is Ben Settle. Ben, how are you?
0: I am doing great. How are you doing, David?
1: I am doing fantastic. It's a nice day here in uh, Monterey, California. And uh, you're up in Oregon, i, f- if I remember.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm in I'm in Bend Oregon, which it's pretty shitty out here. So, uh, am I allowed to use that word? Yeah, on John's. Use, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. In fact,
1: John would probably tell you to only use those kind of words. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's like it's one of those days where it's like really windy and everything's blowing all over the place. And I like it though. I like these storms and everything. It's right up my alley. So all good.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Now I think I first heard about you from Michael Senoff, I believe.
0: That's very possible
1: yeah yeah because uh, yeah. i i first started learning about email marketing from a course put out by matt fury me too and, yeah and uh, i later found out that you were the, much the same and then uh, i stumbled across michael's uh, website when i first got on the internet i think and was poking around for a couple of years and then uh, you guys had some dealings together so i think there were, there were uh, some products and stuff that you guys worked on together yeah
0: yeah we've been friends for a long time we've worked on a lot of stuff together
1: that's awesome. Now, you first started out as kind of a freelance copywriter, is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I first started out, I I didn't even know what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to learn this copywriting thing and I thought, oh, I better get some clients so I can figure out this game as fast as possible. And <laughs> right. you know, it it didn't happen fast. <laughs> <You> know?
1: <laughs> so, I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so what what uh this may have been covered in some of the other podcasts, but what was the first sort of your first? I think I have heard the story somewhere, but who knows how much I've listened to and, or read. Uh, it was something to do with like you had a business at the time that was kind of failing, and then you stumbled across a book or something, right?
0: Yeah, I was, a, I was, I was partaking of the gateway drug known as MLM at the time. <laughs> So, yeah, that wasn't doing – I was like the worst distributor that's probably ever walked the face of the planet because I'm like this introverted, Grinch-like, crotchety guy. I just, I don't want to go up to everybody and say, do you keep your options open for ways to make money? It's it just – you know, and, and that's what they wanted you to do. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I ended up living in like this office because I was in so much debt and I was passing recruiting tapes out door to door to businesses and getting laughed at and mocked and rejected and <laughs> – I just—I went one morning at like 3 a.m. I woke up. I was laying on the floor of my office because I didn't have any furniture or anything. And I was like, "God, you obviously don't want me doing this." It was like two years. This is like—I hate this, man. <laughs> it's like, it's got to be something. And I went and picked this book up just in my other room, which I had read a couple times before, but it never really like got me or anything. And it was called "The Seven Lost Secrets Secrets of Success" by a guy named Joe Vitale. Joe's a, a, a copywriter and. Author author and it's about this old school advertising guy named Bruce Barton and most people don't well I don't know I think I'm spreading the gospel of Barton because I tell this story so many times but basically he was this old school advertising guy and uh, he was well known he was like a a contemporary of of John Caples and he was a, a congressman and he was a open enemy of FDR and he was well known in the business world on Wall Street and just you know just everyone knew who he was at the time. And in 1919, right after World War II, or World War War I, I should say, uh, this is in the book. And this is the page I just turned to. Some out-of-work sales manager came up to him and just said, I need help. Bruce, like, help me find work. And he's like, well, tell me about yourself. And I guess the guy turned out to be, his specialty was sales letters. He was a sales manager, but his specialty was sales letters. And so Bruce takes him to the window and says, look at all these buildings out there full of businesses why don't you're supposed to be good at writing sales letters why don't you write a letter to them i selling them and hiring you and that's when the light bulb went off for me after that i you know that's when i learned discovered this magical kingdom called copywriting and never looked back
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I've read that uh, Joe Vitale book uh, too. And uh, probably because on your recommendation, I'm sure, along the way somewhere, (laughs) it's probably probably because I heard it from what you said. Uh, Now, when you first started down that copywriting, because a lot of our audience is, of course, freelance copywriters and people. Uh, probably looking to hire freelance copywriters, as I have found out. And also, you know, new business owners and stuff that they're sort of learning about the importance of copy. What uh, sort of steps did you take to try and find those clients? Did you pull a, uh, you know, Bruce Barton like idea?
0: <laughs> well, you know, this was in 2002. So it was, you didn't really have the options you have now. Like, it's so easy. I, people now getting started, it's so freaking easy to get clients. It's like you've got people with no talent whatsoever getting. <laughs> you know five ten thousand dollar jobs i'm thinking holy crap this facebook has made people so gullible and stupid that they do hire anybody off there you know and it's like it, i didn't have that <laughs> i would have loved that man but it, they didn't have that back then at least not that i was aware of i ended up getting my first few clients they weren't even paid clients i had read this this article by gary halbert called why mlm sucks or why multi-level marketing sucks right. and uh and in that in that newsletter, he was talking about how, look, don't even bother with clients. Just go make deals with people who already have products to sell. You just write the ads, and then you split the money, which sounded really good in theory. I did that, and I never got paid on anything until I met Michael Senoff. And him and I did it, and that turned into a, a very – like a three-year – relationship where we sold a lot of stuff and we split the sales and it just worked out great. But that was such a rare thing to make happen. It's like, that was like winning the lottery in a sense. Cause I've never found anyone since like that. You could trust at least right. um, people get weird. And it's funny as Michael told me, he goes, he goes, Ben, we're going to have to sign We're going to sign a, an agreement here for your own protection. And I said, why is that? And, and right, he's, 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 as, he's as honest as the day is long. He goes, because when big money starts being made, people get weird. And I don't want that to happen with us. So,
1: you know. No, that's a very, that's, you got very lucky there because I know I've been burned uh, personally myself and seen other, you know, happen to other people. And it, and it seems very counterintuitive that something that's going so well would cause such uh, issues, you know, in some cases. So, but I think Michael Senoff put it per, uh, perfectly when he said that it, when big money starts being, people get weird because, yeah, like I remember Gary Halbert even talking at some of his seminars about how people stopped. Uh, mailing stuff had no reason other other than just like, I'm bored, you know, Uh, I don't want to do it anymore (laughs) and you're just raking money in and like, what are you talking about, you know? So if you had like, because you sounded like you went through several instances where you sort of tried to partner with people and ended up uh, getting nothing, what sort of advice would you have for people who are looking to, you know, looking for clients and looking to to partner with people uh, who may be approaching them?
0: Well, I, you know, I'm probably the last person to should be answering this question because I haven't done client work in like six years. But I'll say this. I, I will say this. You know, get paid up front, <laughs> you know, and, and establish like a relationship with that client. And if it makes sense later to do something like that, fine. But, uh, you know, otherwise, just don't don't like go in there with someone you don't know. I, I mean, you know, I'm not saying it'll never work, but I will say that it, it's you know, in my case, it, it, even people that sh- that you would think would not pull any shenanigans did. And, uh, you know, I just think, it, yeah, I just look back and I'm thinking I would have I wish I would gotten paid other than what Michael said. I wish I had got because it worked out with him, but I wish I would have taken money up front. And then if it made sense, you know, make a partnership. But I'll say what, you know what, David, even that you'll get burnt. I was in the golf niche, and I wrote an ad for this, this very prominent golf company. I'm not going to name who they are, but they're very, very prominent. And I wrote, the, uh, their, I wrote their sales letter for them, and it just, you know, it kicked ass and all that, and it was great. And then I approached them. I said, well, what if I'm just the copywriting guy? And, and you know, I read all the emails and sales letters, and they, they liked it. And then I ended up, you know, they ended up kind of not being very ethical. And, uh, and not just not ethical, but, it was you know, at the same time, it was my fault. I should never, you know, I, I didn't hold them, I didn't hold them to the standards I should have, and you know, I, I mean, it's all my fault at the end. But even in those situations where you liked the, and I liked them originally, I really did. They, I didn't know they were crooked and all that, and uh, you know, they just, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think that people should. <laughs> my whole thing is this: sell your own stuff and be your own best client. Until then, you know, work for other people. But on the side, put the first hour of every day into your own business, selling your own stuff, and eventually you won't need clients. And if you do have them, they'll be optional.
1: Right. No, I think that's very good advice. And, you know, I once heard John Carlton, I think in one of his seminars that I watched on DVD. Uh, it was funny that he, you know, mentioned it because I'm going to ask you a question about how your sort of uh, business personality has evolved. And one of the first things I really heard about this was John Carlton when he said a consultant needs to be a total prick and you need, <laughs> and you need to double your price. I, and, yeah, <laughs>
0: I, like that. I like that. I wish someone had told me that.
1: You know. Yeah, so now you have a very, uh, you had a podcast for a while, the Antepre, uh, Ante, you know entrepreneur Podcast and uh, you have a very strong personality that people see come across in your daily emails and people who are familiar with you, of course, know what I'm talking about. For those that don't, you know, you jump on Ben's list and you'll see he has a very distinctive personality. Did that evolve out of those dealings or did we like that beforehand or how did that sort of come to fruition?
0: I've always been a crotchety <laughs> <laughs> a guy like that, but what I've, uh, you know, well, the longer I do this, the more I like to put a little bit of a show on for people. So the personality you see in my emails on my podcast, it is a hundred percent me. It's me with with less with without the filter. I would do in polite society, <laughs> okay. and uh, you know, and that's all it is. It's it's actually more me than the me I, I deal with in my little small town abandoned here. You know, I, I can not act, like, I could, but I mean, you know, I'll be getting kicked out of restaurants and stuff. And, but I, that's the beauty of the, like, in marketing, you can be you. In fact, you can be whoever you want. Um, I just did. The, I, I just consulted some girls on this. Actually, they're they're. You know, I, I told them I would help them with some stuff, and and one girl, she who I joke around with sometimes, and I, I told her I go look. I said, don't worry about. I will give you a personality with because she does videos and stuff. Okay. I said, she, she goes, I don't. I need help with like the. I go, don't worry. I'll give you a personality, and I, I was just joking when I said it, <laughs> at, at the time. You know, I, yeah. Her and I are kind of. We're always kind of like flirting with each other and stuff. You know, so to me, it was just like kind of a joke, and, and then when I had her on this call, her and these other people on this call recently, she goes. I really want to press you on this, Like, what personality should I have? And I said, I go well, I told you I'd give you a personality, but in the meantime, I want you to take your personality and then just ratchet, exaggerate it a couple notches. And that would be the advice I would give to anyone, just to take your personality, whatever it is, don't try to be somebody you're not, because this is where everybody goes wrong. They'll read my emails and they'll try to beat me or they'll read someone else's stuff and they'll try to, they'll read David Allen's stuff and try to be David Allen or whoever, That's the wrong way to do it. You got to be you, but you can exaggerate it a little bit. Just be you with the, the, if you didn't have to worry about what you had to say. And I I say that though, with this little bit of a warning, you know, I'm not a big fan of being like the potty mouth guy, even though it happens sometimes, but some people take this to, to such a degree where they become repulsive to the point where nobody wants to deal with them. So you got to modulate to your market at all
1: times. Okay. That's a very good advice. Now, from people I've interviewed on my own podcast, I've interviewed a lot of the best uh, copywriters that are, that are alive, and John's had a lot of them on this show as well. One of the things I've noticed is that people tend to go in a full circle. They sort of start with the client work, then they come out with their own products and work for themselves eventually. Now, you seem to be one of the people, uh, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, who sort of spent as little time as possible in that client aspect and then you sort of figured out okay i need to do my own products so it'll make my life so much easier like what we're talking about uh so when did that sort of click for you well
0: i've always i you know i hate authority so i've never really liked doing client work there was never a time doing client work i where it wasn't just a high-paid job for me you know it's like i mean i was inspired by well you, uh, you mentioned him earlier i was originally inspired by matt fury like back in like two thousand three, two thousand four. Would talk about in his daily emails, and he wasn't even writing to business people. He was writing to the fitness market, and he would he would brag about you know I'm not even going to edit this email. This is all I'm doing for the day, and I'm I'm in China right now. I'm going to go ride elephants. Right. I, I thought God, that is such a cool lifestyle. Like I don't need to ride elephants or anything, but I love the idea of just writing an email and being done, and having my business set up in such a way where I could do that. So it was very early on, but it took me many years to kind of like put it all together because there's nobody showing – I mean there was stuff out there that would show you how to do an informational business, but not like that. Not, I mean it's, not, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy to set all that up and have it going so you're full-time in it. And it took me many – like seven or eight years to figure that out.
1: Right. Now you have a new product that just came out. Uh, when I say just came out, I mean like the last quarter or something of last year. A product you did with AWAI, you may want to talk about that because that's sort of the the offshoot of all that you've learned in those last in those you know years of uh, starting your own project and trying to become more Matt Fury like. Yeah, and,
0: and it's funny because in that program, which is called the the Ten Minute Workday, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I didn't. By the way, I, I would love to take credit for that name, but one of the writers at AWAI figured that out, and I just took it and used it nice. as a. title. <laughs> but um, they're, they're like the greatest people in the world over there. I, I I just can't think of a single negative thing about them. They're just awesome. But but um, it's funny because in that program, I, that's like one of the first slides is something like fury Origins or something. I no, give all the freaking credit for this because without him like studying his business and studying just him, uh, I don't think I could have figured this out. And it's not like there's a lot to figure out. In fact, it's all very simple, and that's the problem. It's so simple. Nobody thinks it should be able to work, and that it's like the biggest sales job is convincing people. Yeah, it really is as simple. Because <laughs> like, they all want you know they want to do. Everybody wants to complicate stuff. I, like they will go out of their way to complicate. Man, I gotta tell you, this is why I don't take by the way personal like students anymore one on one, because all they want to do is comp. Like I will show them the most simplest thing. And they got to go like out in the weeds. It's kind of like when I'm walking my dog. I just – this is like an epiphany I had yesterday actually. I was okay. walking my dog. I'm trying to get her to – I want to take her to the beach where she loves to walk. So on the way to the beach, so she keeps wanting to stray off into the side, you know, into the woods and shit. And it's like I'm trying – or in the morning, in, in the morning time. She wakes me up in the morning every day and then I say, OK, I'm going to let her out. But she will pin me to the ground and won't let me get up. I'm trying to give her what she wants. Let's <laughs> don't let it happen. And that's what that's what people do with the ten minute workday type stuff. Like I mean, hopefully they're not because I've we're doing like monthly webinars this year for that and everything to help people. But like that's the biggest challenge people have with this kind of stuff. They wanna like they wanna try to personalize it. Don't just take the raw materials and build the house however you want, but use the blueprint I give you. You know? All right
1: no it's true and you've been a big inspiration for me too i think to and some of the people i had on my other podcast were people who kept stuff very simple and they sort of stayed away from you know like you know funnel is a big sort of buzzer. oh god yeah you know, Funnels. everyone's funny funnel this funnel that funnel cake who knows but it's <laughs> right. but, but it's it, it just serves to complicate what has th- things you know those things have been around forever those aren't new things. They've just been you know, it just become a, it's become a terminology, a jargon. But in reality those things are what every business does, hopefully. Uh you know, they have some funnel in place. And so I think it just gets into people's head and I think it has to be this sort of big parade and, and show, like you're saying. Yeah, they
0: have actually, to have yeah. the thirty stu- They have to have like thirty steps and they don't even have a product yet to sell and it's just like, you know, you don't need all this. I mean, I'm at. there's a place for all the software, like, you know, all those, the popular stuff, like Russell's software. There's a place for it. I'm not talking about Russell Brunson. Like there is a place for that stuff, but not for the new person who still has to stay, figure it out on an offer. It's like, all they should be focused on is getting the opt-in, making a sale, and then selling those buyers something else. <laughs> start with that. And then you can start branching out, but they, they want to start with everything. They got these big flow charts and all this. And it's like, well, what do you sell? I don't know yet, but I, I have my photo figured out. It's a It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but there
1: it is. It is. It's true. Now, when you were getting into copywriting, because I know those people listening to this that uh, wanting to make the jump into copywriting as well, and they may go the freelance route or or write for themselves, hopefully, like you're advocating. Uh, Were you one of these people who took old letters, copied them out by hand, sort of the Gary Halbert advice? And the advice that people have been, you know, other copywriters give that same advice, other A-list, quote-unquote, copywriters give that uh, advice. Was that something you did?
0: Oh, yeah. I did it day and night, like whenever I could at, at my job I worked at. I mean, um, I, I even I, – I and then I learned – I some advice I would give on this for people because people get – people find this hard to do sometimes. And, and I get it. It's tedious, right? And it's like hand cramps and all that. Um, pick a one copywriter that you actually like. You would read their stuff for fun. Like for me, that was Gary Halbert. I would read yeah. his stuff for entertainment. Me too. And 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 so it's not much easier to copy his stuff out than than someone else. And uh, I don't know. So that's why I would focus on his stuff. I'm not saying that the listeners should. I think the listeners should find a copywriter that they just that they like reading their stuff and do it with them. And I even like copied like his Boron Letters book out by hand. Like it was also, oh, yeah. But it was it was. Great. I think it really does work. I mean, they people say, "Well, that's just bull crap." I, I don't know. I think it does make a. I think it definitely. There's something to that because, um, yeah, there's something to it. I and even certain novelists have done that. Like the guy who wrote the book Roots. And this right. is a, the reason I'm thinking this because it's in the Boron letters. You talk Alex Haley. Yep. He, he said the guy the, the Alex Haley. Not only did he go across the ocean. In, a, in the belly of an old ship so he can could experience what that was like. But I think he, I think that he said that he wrote some, a book out by hand too, like some, I don't know what book it was it's just so he could understand what writing a book feels like. And there's something to it. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm the expert at it, but there's like a product that I hear a lot about that I, I'm not endorsing it cause I don't really know much about it called copy hour. And I know they do that. Well, actually one of the, one of the owners I think is Ian Stanley who I like him a lot. So, I don't know. I just never used it, you know, so I can't tell you, but I mean, if it's, if it's advocating this stuff, I don't think it could be a bad thing.
1: Yeah. I, I heard too. And I think it probably was from copy hour. Cause I was a previous member as well that uh, Hunter Thompson also wrote out, uh, if not whole books, then certainly passages by people like Hemingway and stuff like that so that he could get better at writing.
0: Yeah. I didn't know that, but that's interesting to know. Actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things that, uh, I really enjoyed about stuff that you put out over the years was when you started your entrepreneur, Uh, podcast Uh, back then I was listening to the different podcasts and I hadn't really found one that was true you know I would listen to them on and off but when you sort of started yours that was one I really you know admired and it was succinct and short to the point and got a lot of good information out and you and Jonathan of course are are both funny guys I've had Jonathan on my other podcast as well
0: oh good yeah he's 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 great
1: great. Uh, now what made you get into podcasting originally because I don't think I've ever heard this story
0: on New Year's Day or of 2014, I put an email out there um, where I said, here's my goals for 2014. And one of them was to the start a podcast. I knew nothing about podcasting. I knew nothing about how to do one or how to produce one, how to do one on iTunes. I knew nothing about anything. I just thought it would be fun. <laughs> like I, I had no purpose for it. I didn't think it would be a moneymaker. I just, I just have so much to say on this stuff, it's like therapy. And I thought that would be a cool thing to do. Plus, I well I can't say there was that was the only reason. I I had recently, like a t- couple weeks before that, I had a talk with a guy named Danny Eney. And uh he, he's just he really changed my brain on some things in a good way about the idea of building a list and how building an audience is much more important than building a list. A list is part of your audience. But an overall audience isn't just an email list. It's it's a lot of stuff and the bigger your audience the better. So that was another aspect of it. And uh, Jonathan Rivera replied to that email and said, well, if you want to help with that, you know, I can, I can help you with that. And I was like, Holy crap. Hell yeah. I was <laughs> you know, like, cause I knew nothing about this stuff. So right. that's what got me into that. And it lasted 137 episodes. The last 12 of which were like secret episodes. We never aired publicly. I just gave those away to buyers of my villains book when I uh, launched that a couple months ago, but it lasted over two years, like two and a half years and then we decided that we'd want to put it into a paid membership site because I was giving away, I was teaching way too much on this. Like, I didn't intend to. I just, it was the Jonathan,
1: opposite of your email. It, was the opposite. it, it really is.
0: It, it was ridiculous. And Jonathan kept saying, Ben, what are you doing, man? I just paid you to learn that
1: <laughs> And
0: I said, You're right. And we got to put this in like a membership site or something. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and we could add some more stuff to it. Like he would interview some A-list copywriters and we'd add that in there. And I had some other stuff going on. And that turned out to be like a huge nightmare. I mean, I just hated the idea of having a membership site. I hated having to rely on a team of people. I'm a one-man band. I missed my print newsletter <laughs> at that point. It was super successful though. It was like the most successful launch I've probably ever been involved in. But it was just to me, it was a nightmare. People were chasing me down and our other partner, Misty, does the voice on the right. podcast, chasing yep. her down, like, for technical stuff. We don't know jack about that stuff, but they're, like, chasing her down on Facebook and chasing me down. It's like, if this is this bad at, like, 950 members, how's it going to be when we get to, you know, 5,000 members? It's just, like, it's a nightmare. So, I literally, the day after the launch, I just told Jonathan, I said, I want out. <laughs> and, and I thought he was going to be mad at me, you know, right. but he was, he was so relieved. He felt the same way. So, so it all worked out and you know whatever. So then I took a I took the rest of the year off and I relaunched a new one on New Year's Day this year and it's it's so far it's getting some pretty good pretty good feedback from people. So we'll, we'll see how that goes.
1: So I guess a, a lot of the problems stem from like you want to keep your lifestyle the way it is and it's very very uh you know uncluttered if you will.
0: Absolutely and that cluttered it quite a bit because he had, a, like, Jonathan has a great team in place and all that, but even they were getting, like, you know, even they were yeah. getting, like, it's just, I don't, you know what it is. I'll tell you what it is. this is And I thought about this, because, like, why was this such a miserable experience for me? <laughs> it's because because my name is attached to, to that, to that which was a different entity than my main website and stuff. Like, that was all owned by Jonathan. It's his team dealing with it. Um, and people are just used to contacting me personally, you know? And so it's kind of my own fault. Like I've almost did too good of a job branding myself over the right. years. I guess. Like, so, you know, I think that was a big factor of it, but you know, I don't want to discourage, I have to say this because I don't want to discourage other people from doing a membership site so like for some people. That's what I see. a lot. I see some people starting to do print newsletters because they just want to copy what I'm doing and and, and they're missing the point because I can tell they hate writing and they don't really want to do it. They just like the idea of it, but they would be better off just, you know, recording some audio or something, or doing a paid YouTube channel or something. Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, I can't speak for what people are doing or that, but I, I just see that people are much more be- like natural as video, for example, and yet they're struggling writing a print newsletter because that's what Ben's doing. I'm not saying people should do that at all. I think that's one way of doing it. I, I wish I was a video guy. I would definitely have a paid YouTube channel. I would just let them handle all the hosting. It'd be the easiest thing in the world, but nobody wants to do that.
1: I think that's good advice too, because uh, a lot of people are much more comfortable with the different mediums. Uh, I myself have I've enjoyed doing audio, and I'm entertaining the idea of doing an audio uh, product instead of like a you know paid letter yeah. or something like that. I really want to thank you for for coming on the show, Ben. It's been a, a really illuminating uh, talk, uh, just as I hoped it would be.
0: Oh, well, I appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah, so you had a lot of good advice. Now, if people want to get in contact with you, which I'm sure they will, what's the best place to sort of go uh, so they can get involved with the, you know, being brainwashed by Ben Settle?
0: <laughs> well, the brainwashing begins at bensettle.com, and if you go there and if you if you give me your precious email address, you opt in, and not some stupid hotmail address, but like a real email address, uh, you know, you know, if you're really into this, don't. Just do this for the free, being like a loser, you know. Actually, put you know, be committed, right? Well, I mean, I have to say that because don't you pull know, any
1: punches, Ben. Don't pull absolutely, yeah. You
0: know, there's certain people that just do that, and they wonder why they're spinning their wheels off. But if you opt into there, I'll send you the first issue of my email players newsletter as a PDF. Now it's a print newsletter, but I'll give you the PDF for the first. First issue, there's twenty four ways in there to make more sales with email. Like starting right away, and they're not hard things to do or anything. People, have, some people have told me they've made thousands in at least one or two cases, tens of thousands of dollars just with that free information. Just applying it to their their business. It's a great,
1: it's a great uh, issue. Yeah, I can to that. yeah. And, and it's a
0: very real retail value. It's not like I'm making the value up. That's what people charge every cost everyone. So, so you get that. If you don't give me your email address, you can still like click through to the blog and there's like 2000 pages of blog posts on there. And I've got all my, uh, you know, I've got over a dozen hours of like audio and video training. And I have a podcast on that site, but it's hidden. I only give the link to people who are actually on the email list. But if you get that link, then you're going to have all three two and a half years of my old podcast, plus the new one all at your fingertips. So there's so much stuff there. I would, I mean, I could spend like two hours just talking about all this stuff, but that's at bensettle.com.
1: Yeah, that's a great uh, place to go. I've listened to all those past podcasts before it, uh, you attempted to make it a paid thing. And, And so I can attest to the content on there. Like you said, you you were almost teaching too much uh, (laughs) on there. And I was thankful for that. And uh, yeah, if uh, people want to get involved with Ben, go to bensettle.com and opt in and like not with a lazy email address, like he says. (laughs) I know you will be rewarded because uh, I have made money by listening to Ben. And uh, it's a real pleasure having you on the show again, Ben. And I wish you the best in the future and look forward to seeing what you're up to in the
0: future. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much to everybody else, of course. It's been another podcast. We'll have another exciting guest. I think it's going to be a guy who's coming out with some new autoresponder software that you need to know about. So for people tuning in, this should be in chronological order. We have a very exciting guest who's coming out with a sort of a game-changing autoresponder software. So uh, tune in next time for that. And for people who want to get a hold of me, David Allen, go to makewordspay.com. Yes, for those that have been asking, I still do take on clients if the fit is right. So go to MakeWordsPay.com or shoot me an email, uh, Dave at MakeWordsPay.com, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the responder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter, and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing, and much more.